0: for joining us for another Family Life Today program brought to you Monday to Friday by Power to Change. I'm sure you'll hear something today that could give you a fresh perspective on your marriage or family situation. Be encouraged as we join Dave and Ann Wilson.
1: All right, thinking back to when you were a mom, I mean, you're still a mom. (laughs) I mean, when the kids were in our, when our boys were in our home and you, you were trying to, You know, lay a foundational truth about God, Jesus. It just hit me. What was it
2: you really wanted them to get? Ooh, that's a good question. That'd be a good question for all of us to think and really act upon. Um, It probably is love. Like if they really understood how much he loves us, how he sees us, probably that. Well, we, why, why do you think would, I'm even
1: asking this question?
2: Because we have Dane Ortland with us in studio. Dane, welcome to Family Life Today.
3: It is so much fun talking with you guys. Thank you.
1: Well, I mean, obviously, one of the reasons I brought that up is, uh, you know, you were here last time talking about Gentle and Lowly, right. a book you wrote two years ago. Yeah. Yeah, man, you're getting old. <laughs>
3: and that means we're getting old too. Yeah,
1: and I mean, that book, I mean, it's transforming. Yeah, and I mean, it was transformative to what we just talked about how hmm. to view christ mm. and it was beautiful and now you've written surprised by jesus which in some ways i was like wow i can see it's like mm-hmm. general lowly was almost a foundational truth and out mm. of that comes this whole nother look at jesus now you're a pastor in naperville right chicago suburbs and so you're preaching on this you're leading a congregation how would you answer the same thing As if you think about you know what you want people to understand about Jesus.
3: In that book, General Lowly, and in this book, guys, I want people to be on the journey I am on, namely tearing down the natural, intuitive Jesus I think is there. Mm. The one I think is there when I roll out of bed every morning, I'm going to do the same thing tomorrow morning, which is not what he's really like, Mm. but someone who actually is endless in his uh, love and grace. And to know this is not how you start your Christian life, by understanding the good news of the grace of God in Jesus Christ. It is fuel for your Christian life. You then, my son, be strengthened by the grace that is in Christ Jesus, 2 Timothy. So, yes, I'm a pastor every week, Dave. All I'm trying to do Mm -hmm. is help people see Jesus more truly.
1: And so, even as you write this book, is
3: there something
1: that surprised you?
3: Well, (laughs) Yes, and I would say, uh, I'm going to look back, I'm 43. The 53-year-old Dane will look back at the 43 hmm. and say, hey, doofus, you, st- <laughs> <laughs> you still didn't get it. And I'm going to die one day, and I will just have begun to, mm-hmm. I, I'll be dipping my big toes in this ocean of grace. What I'm trying to say in this book is when we read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you don't find Jesus predictable. There's no reciprocity. Grace is wild. There's almost a chaos to it. It's not something that you can't, there's no math to it. Mm. And so I just, I wanted people to feel free, to get free again, and to be wading into the the glorious uh, liberations of the gospel.
1: Well, so much of what I remember growing up in church, and I didn't really grow up in church, but my mom, single mom, sort of dragged me there. Mm -hmm. But what I remember about Elementary school, middle school, high school, and maybe mm-hmm. this is why the second I got to college, never going back. Mm-hmm. I did not hear that. I heard no. law. Yeah. Uh, I think there's even some churches hearing you say, I want people to experience freedom. would go, whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, dude, oh, slow down a little bit. Slippery That's a little, slope. Yeah. So what do, you, <laughs> well, what do you say to that? And
2: I would say, I'd add on to this, Dave, is Dave used to describe God as the whack-a-mole. Hmm, right. If you have any fun, if you do anything wrong, God's just waiting to whack you. Well,
3: that's what I thought I heard. Yeah, that's what the world believes. Actually, as that's what we at reflex level believe mm-hmm. the Lord Jesus is like and what God is like. No wonder people hate going to church. Right? <laughs> um, no wonder people walk away. Here's the deal. No one walks away. When they see Jesus for what he's really like, he is irresistible. Mm-hmm. You can't turn and walk away from what he's really like. If he is a list of rules, if he if he's about religion, no way, I'm out. But if he is actually if he didn't come to to start a new religion, but to end all religion, to say this is not about what you bring to the table, I am going to drag you by the scruff of the neck into paradise. And it is all going to be because of what I have done and am doing in you, and you're along for the ride. That's actually fun Christianity. That's doable. And that's the only kind that will change us way down deep. It's, it's not morally lax.
2: Which makes sense when you look at the people who followed him. Mm-hmm. If they had to be religious or if they had to look a certain way or act a certain way, he's not going to meet in John 4 the Samaritan woman at the no. well.
3: No. No, it's those who had just given up. Yeah. Any ability or wherewithal to, okay, I'm amassing a moral resume here, and I'm going to somehow leverage my way into God's good graces. It's those who have thrown in the towel and said, forget it. It's either grace or nothing who, like that woman in John 4, or the disciples, I mean, tax collectors, yeah. fishermen. I mean, these guys were screw-ups, <laughs> and therefore, I can relate to them. And they were the ones who whom he called. <laughs>
1: You know, I want to read a a quote from your book, and I want to hear you just elaborate. You're such a good writer. Even this quote, just the way you write, it says, This book is a call to embrace the flooding liberations of Mm -hmm. the gospel all the way down, not Mm -hmm. the decaffeinated grace that pats us on the hand, ignores our deepest rebellions, and doesn't change us, but the high-octane grace— that takes our conscience by the scruff of the neck and breathes new life into us with a pardon so scandalous that we cannot help but be changed. Yeah.
3: In other words, what does God do with all of us up and down, fickle, not doing very well, bad Christians? We're Christians, we're His, and we're just not doing very well, which all of us feel that way all the time. All the time. What does God do with those who squander His grace? The answer is James 4, but he gives more grace. Mm. That's what grace is. There's there's no um, leveraging here. One of the things I want to get across in the book, guys, is Jesus proved in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, he proved in flesh and blood that grace is not one color in a rainbow of God's attributes. That's true in one sense. But if you read a systematic theology text, you might not Feel the grace of God in Christ proven in flesh and blood in the four gospels. Grace is who God is. It's not morally lax. There is law. We can talk about that. But what God is, the Puritans would say God is a fountain of love and grace. A stream, like coming out of the top of a mountain, a river runs down and it never runs dry, is flooding our realities as we stumble our way through life.
1: Mm. So, you know, Dane, as you talk about that, I'm picturing you as a husband as a dad. You have five kids. Right who are tearing up your house right now, probably. Right?
3: Thank you, Dave. Yes. Uh, yeah. I mean, you we, just
1: we, left him alone you, maybe the first time without a
2: sitter. Is this true? He, his old is 16. That's doable. You got it. They Dave, got I
3: it. told you Grace is wild and chaotic. That is
2: actually what's going on at home right wild now. no
3: chaos. doubt.
1: <laughs> but, But my thought is, you know, as you yeah. talk about this Grace, mm. do you live that as a dad, as a husband? If Stacy walked in right now, she'd say... That's my husband. That's that's who he is. He's a
3: grace-filled, grace-giving man. Well, those are two different questions. If Stacy <laughs> walked in here right now, she'd be far too generous because she's a gracious woman. Do I live that? No.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Nope. I am as much in need. I believe I was born again when I was six years old, 37 years ago, lying in my bed and my dad tucked me in in Des Moines, Iowa. Mm. I am as much in need of grace today. More as ever, we become believers, and then we're going through life and we're getting better. Mm. I mean, in some way, that is true. We are growing in godliness, we want to grow in godliness, absolutely. But I feel more acutely my selfishness and pride and sin and wretchedness now than ever. Mm. So, I feel my need for the grace of God more than ever. I really want to embody the grace of God in my home, Dave. So, I want to. I long to. But the very fact that I don't means I need His grace to help me to do that and to forgive me for the many ways that I don't.
2: Let's define grace. Yeah. What is it?
3: Grace is being called into the principal's office. And and we'll say your dad is the principal. And you know he's at his wits end with you. And you actually did throw that rotten tomato at the (laughs) lunch lady. You did it. This is not like you're being framed. And you walk in with your drooped shoulders, full of shame and guilt. And he walks over to you, lifts your chin up, and looks you in the eye, and sweeps you up in his arms. And he says, I just want you to know, nothing will ever change how I feel about you. Because you're my child. You just screwed up big time. We're going to talk about that. But the wraparound category for our relationship, the big what is most true of your life in reality is you are safe. You're safe. You're invincible. Um, grace means that because Jesus Christ lived the life I should live but don't, and died the death I deserve to die, but now don't have to. Therefore, God is not meeting us halfway. He's not saying when you begin to get your act together, when you have a good week, then let's talk. Grace is because his son plunged down into death and rose triumphant into resurrection life, and I'm united to him, and therefore that fate becomes mine. I am totally free, and I can hold my head high and walk through this life forgiven, safe, and I like to say invincible eyes. Nothing can touch me if I'm in Christ.
1: So, so when you hear that, I smile because I think, why do we struggle yes, so much right. to understand we that do. and, and receive do. that?
3: Oh, my. You know, there's a little phrase in Galatians 3 where Paul says, all those who are of works mm. are under a curse. Not all those who rely on works, do works, who are of, of. works. Like, it's mm. it's what's in your spiritual DNA. Guys, What the fall did in Genesis 3 is it twisted, it hardwired us to be moving through the universe with a law mindset. We know we should measure up, we know we don't. And if we can just keep sort of doing better, then that will improve how we are doing in God's sight. And uh, we are spring loaded to think that God assesses us, his smile grows based on tied to, tethered to how we are doing. We are wired. I mean, you said, you, Dave, you grew up and what you heard was law. Sure, unless we are scandalized, unless we are defied, those natural intuitions are defied, a pastor, a preacher will preach law. He might use words like Jesus and Christ and cross and grace. But the tone, what we're smelling when we're sitting in a pew listening mm. is I better do better this week. It's fear. Yes, fear. That becomes the motivation, Mm -hmm. fear and guilt.
2: Well, as you were talking, when I think about the grace, and I think I went into that principal's office after throwing that tomato, the first time I would think, wow, that's beautiful grace. If I've done that 20 times, (laughs) then it feels like I shouldn't be forgiven. Right. And that's what I think a lot of us think. The first time we can understand it. Yes. But when it's over and over, we think, I don't deserve it. I surely he will not continue to smile upon me because my sin is so great.
3: Yes and that's because you and I naturally and think that grace is actually niceness and leniency, not grace. If end of Romans 5 into Romans 6 is true if that's really in my Bible where sin abounded, grace hyperabounded you could translate the Greek sin abounded all the more. So um, sin was running really fast Grace kept out pacing it. Mm. Grace isn't like a mountain, like a reservoir of cash. And every time I sin, a few dollars get pulled out, and I just better hope I make it to death before that thing runs dry. Rather, every time I sin, the logic of grace is that mountain of cash grows. It gets bigger. I'm that safe because Christ took care of it all. So again, there's no leveraging, and I'm not meeting God halfway. I'm receiving He's not negotiating with me. I am receiving. I'm letting my defenses down. It's incredibly hard to do, mm. to let my defenses down and let God love me. That takes a lifetime to begin to learn that.
1: Well, I mean, it leads me to ask the same question Paul asked in Romans 6. Yeah. Is okay if that's grace lavishes upon us and isn't it a license to sin? I mean, what is it that keeps us... Or doesn't keep us from thinking, oh, I have freedom now. I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to take this baby to the hilt.
3: Yeah, a couple of things. One is, if I am enslaved, like I'm in a Mediterranean slave market, and a rich merchant comes along and sees me in my abject misery and captivity, and he purchases my freedom, and he takes me with him. And we walk a little, you know, around a bend in the road, the 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 slave market is no longer in our sight. And he says, Okay, you're free to go. What I will say to him is, I can go anywhere. He'll say yes. I'll say, Then I want to go with you. Yeah. Because I've been touched by love. I've had the kiss of grace. And I want more of that. That's the logic of how the New Testament coaches us into transformation. It's you, you are that free. You're that free. We're melted, not crowbarred, Mm. into change. Mm. And then the other thing I would say, brother, is what's Paul's answer in Romans 6? His answer is, how could you go on living in sin? You're now one with Christ. You've been united to him. This is not a cool and cold and calculating transaction. He didn't write me a check. He's made me one with him. So what could I do? but be changed and transformed. And so there's many biblical answers to be given. The main thing I would want to say is we are not transformed by uh, trying harder effort. We're transformed when we realize just how safe we are, even when we are not trying harder and we feel like we're not getting transformed.
2: It reminds me of Paul saying he's a bond slave to Christ. Mm, I remember Bill Bright. Do you remember he always said that? Mm. I am a bond slave of Christ. And then I remember reading or maybe hearing of what a bond slave was. That they would freely, as you said, Dane, like say, and they would have a handful. Do you know what that is? Through the ear, yeah. Yeah. Right. Their ear was pierced with basically a nail. Right. And they would say, I will follow my master for the rest of my life. And I remember getting on my knees saying to Jesus, like, I want to be your bond slave. I will follow you the rest of my life because— when you understand the greatness, and yes. goodness of His grace, where yes. else could you go to receive That's that? That's right.
3: That's right. And we're going to be slaves to something. And I mean, we can, let's say I want to pursue career, wealth, money, and extravagant weekends. I'm a slave to that. Hmm. That's not freedom. But that will never fulfill me if I get it or forgive me if I fail it. Jesus Christ does both. This is the best of all possible masters. Yeah. He will forgive me when I fail Him, grace, And he will fulfill me when I get him. It's a (laughs) win-win with him. We can't lose with him. That's so good. (laughs) So, you know,
1: how do we go from that understanding, and you mentioned it in your book, to becoming a Pharisee? And you say, it isn't Uh, that we We have to recover. We are Pharisees and we judge Pharisees. I guess that proves we're Pharisees, but how do we get there?
3: It's just, it's this addiction to law that we are in a twisted way uh, hardwired toward. And uh, the only way out is what we're talking about right now. Here's the challenge we have right now with our listeners. Oh, Dave and Ann are talking with Dane about the grace of God. I already know that. Hmm. Click. Go on to the next thing. If they were talking about superlapsarianism versus infralapsarianism, well, maybe I'd like to learn something about it, or maybe not. <laughs> grace of God, I got that down. Hang on a second. If we are thinking to ourselves, I know the grace of God, let me move on to the next thing. That's proof we don't know it. Actually, that's Pharisaism at root. Mm. We need to understand that our life is the engine, the power to our life as a Christian disciple is surprise not mainly gratitude, in my opinion, not mainly effort, not mainly just feeling something, but it's actually surprise, being startled afresh 10,000 times in the Christian life. That is what changes us. And that is what helps us to step out of this <laughs> a Phariseeism that we are uh, born in and have such a hard time seeing in ourselves.
1: You know, it's interesting as I hear you say that, Dan, I think that mom of mine, that yeah. dragged me to church. Yeah. That as a young boy and even as a teenager just resented her rules and yeah. you know, I didn't have a dad, but she was I look back now and you you know, and she was a grace giver to me. Mm.
2: Oh, and I absolutely. Think
1: one wow. of the big motivations for me to turn to the God that she wanted me to follow mm-hmm. was her grace. Mm-hmm. Wow! I mean, I messed up so many times in high school yeah. and there was law. I mean, there were rules yeah. and they were good ones, yeah. but overwhelmingly I felt her love and grace. Like I, nothing you can do will ever change.
3: Amazing. So Dave, did that create a category in your heart then that horizontal grace for maybe there is vertical grace. I mean, maybe maybe this is a little glimpse of what God is oh, like. totally. You
2: know yeah. what he was? Mm-hmm. You were invincible because mm. your mom made you feel like that.
3: Yeah. Mm.
2: I was like, hey, dude, you're not that amazing, but you're, you felt confident <laughs> because of your mom's love and grace in your life. And what would it look like for us to feel that confidence? That word invincible, mm. that's a weighty word. Yeah. When you use the word invincible, That's calculated. You're using it purposely.
3: Absolutely. We're all going through life feeling so frail. We are Mm. feeling vulnerable, looking over our shoulder, wondering what's going to happen next. Am I about to have online fraud drain all my funds? Am I going to lose my reputation? Am I going to torpedo my life through some really stupid sin of which I am totally capable? What is going to happen? Oh, hang on a minute. If I'm in Christ and it's all on terms of grace— and it's not at all about a little bit of contribution from me on the table, this has to end well. God has to use whatever is gonna unfold in my life for my good and radiance ultimately. So I wanna live my life that way. I wanna be that kind of dad. I want my five kids to leave the house at age 18 and whatever else they have picked up from me. And I'm screwing up left and right as I already said to you, Dave, (laughs) whatever else. They're like, you know what? If I walk with God, if I hand myself over to him, this has to end well. This is a life of blessing. This is an invincibilized existence. That's what I want them to experience. Not not go through life, as you said earlier, and with fear. Mm-hmm. We are terrified. Mm-hmm. We are terrified creatures, us human beings. And uh, the grace of God is uh, mutually exclusive with living uh, operating by fear.
0: to thank Dave and Ann Wilson and their team for another edition of Family Life Today. Although our programs are produced in America, the issues facing families like forgiveness, communication and taking care of our kids transcend national borders. These issues profoundly affect relationships everywhere. In Australia, family life is known as Power to Change and our mission is to effectively develop godly families. The kind of families that change the world one home at a time. A key part of our mission includes strengthening marriages and families all around the world. We want to do whatever we can to bring timeless truths to the challenges you face as you seek to strengthen your family and join us in changing the world. We hope you've been encouraged by what you've heard and we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at radio at powertochange.org.au. Our website is families.powertochange.org.au where you can check out articles and many other resources on marriage and family wellbeing. We hope you can join us tomorrow at the same time for another Family Life Today.